You're listening to Force Majeure, an actual... Sorry, no, sorry, Force no. of Habit, Force of Habit. No. <laughs> Here we go. Nightfall. The stars are out brighter than usual for you. After all, out here in the countryside of Kyrios, there just isn't as much city light to pollute it. You're rambling along on a very bumpy road in the back of a large, I guess, carriage-shaped car um, that has been modified heavily to endure the dirt roads. The suspension and the tires have all been upgraded, and yet it's still kind of a rough ride back here. You've been traveling for about four days now, and the first leg of the journey wasn't that bad. After all, it was in a Aero Archer luxury air yacht, but uh, ever since you've landed in Kyrios, it's, it's been a little bit rough going. First, there's the time change, and now uh, you've been driving for probably about four hours in this, well, I guess this car that's been bumping along. And uh, much to your confusion, you're going, you left in the evening, so there's gonna be no light. Which, a dig site with no sunlight? What's the point of that? How are you feeling? A degree of nervousness, I feel. It has been a long time since I've been out here on the site. And as you say, my previous expeditions have either been in daylight or have had light provided through mechanical or galvanic artifice. Or at the very least, some handheld torches to shed a little bit of light on the scene. It is, after all, somewhat difficult to investigate the mysteries of the ancients when one is stumbling around in the dark. Added to that, the last expedition I went on ended in an ill-favoured manner. And to be once again out here, despite my fiercest protestations, with my protege Marissa by my side, against my better judgement, better wishes and better hopes, well, there are enough bad memories here to spoil anybody's dreams. Of course, assuming one could sleep in this clattering contraption, hmm. weariness overwhelms. One can only hope that this time it will go somewhat better than previously. And as he ponders this, Enoch leans forward and almost subconsciously tightens the clockwork brace around his left knee, just giving it a couple of quarter turns, straightening it up. Sitting next to you apprehensively is your assistant Marissa, a young woman in her 20s who seems very clearly on edge. She has with her a, a medical kit that she brought along, even though she only has a rudimentary understanding of medicine. Uh, Throughout the preparations for this trip, her primary concern, of course, has been your health, um, especially since you were somewhat reluctant to even go on this expedition. You've been retired for a long time now. And then, of course, the argument that she was going to come along at all. I mean, she's supposed to stay back and take care of the cats. Why, why is she going to go with you? And that was a whole thing. Now that she's here, uh, it, it seems like Similar to the clockwork brace you wound up, she seems wound up extremely tight. 
You're the only two in the back of the passenger compartment of this car. And as you rumble along, she opens her mouth to say something. And then, kaboom! In the distance, you hear what sounds like thunder. But then it's followed by, ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. And you see flashes off in the horizon. One of the concerns that Marissa had with you coming on this trip, of course, is that uh, you, Enoch Rune, archaeologist, professor, tomb raider, question mark, uh, are extremely well-versed in the ancient world. Antiquities retrieval expert, retired. Oh, so, yeah, there, there you go. Um, while you're excellently informed of the ancient world, you are not up to your current events. Um, and... Kyrios, famed world, uh, famed country of um, antiquities, uh, one of the early civilizations, one of the early cradles of civilization for the world, is uh, having a bit of a civil war right now. Well, civil war or political revolution, depending on what side you're looking at. Uh, the dominant power is the United Republic of Kyrios. Um, and they are currently combating a group called the Free Republic of Kyrios, which, uh, is attempting to overthrow the current government. So, um, this is the backdrop to the request that you got from and from the son of Antoine Remington, an old friend of yours. The war has been going on for about two months. Um, and in the letter you received, it stated that the fighting was getting closer and closer to these sites of antiquities, and, and uh, there was great concern that there was going to be mass destruction of some of these artifacts. And that uh, the son, Peter Remington, needed your help as fast as possible to help reclaim some of these things before, uh, you know, they got shelled to death. Now, now, Marissa, there is nothing to fear. Though those thunder guns may be rumbling in artifice of the heavens above, I am sure they will not be targeting our dig site. We will be fine. We are not to be hapless casualties of yet another internecine conflict out here, such as has rumbled on since time immemorial. We have work to do before they encroach, and we will be well away before any danger happens. And he pats Marissa reassuringly on the shoulder. Trust me, my old bones would be... <clears throat> Trust me, my old bones would know if we were in any immediate danger. They've never let me... Well, rarely let me down before. And he kind of looks down to the floor just for a second, lost in thought, before looking back out of the window. All will be well. Peter has assured me that the route we are travelling will be a safe one. Why can't people realise? Squabbles like this will always happen. There is no need to violate the history that makes every country great just to get an edge over another for the briefest of time. We are dealing, my dear. And at this, he Enoch kind of straightens his shoulders and almost drops into lecture mode, like he was back in front of the chalkboard at Loxbardy College. This that is happening now is just a blink in the eye of history which has lasted for millennia, for epochs. This is one of the oldest civilizations, the oldest countries in the world. We still have much to learn from those who went before. 
She nods and says, uh, Yes, yes, Mr. Brune, of course. I just, I would feel much better if we actually saw Peter. I mean, it's been two days and we haven't seen hide nor hair of him. Yes, please, it's Enoch, my dear. Enoch, we are well past being on surname basis. Anyway, yes, it, alas, Peter is a little more flighty than his father was. Still, I'm surprised we've not even heard from him since we landed. He did speak in some great urgency. I would have thought that perhaps he'd be here waiting for us. Still, we are close to our destination. Hopefully, he's there with the team already setting up for us, so we can just arrive, dust ourselves down, have a cup of tea, and get on with the business at hand before any further unpleasantness follows our way. All will be well, you'll see, my dear. All will be well. And true to your word, uh, the car comes to a rumbling stop next to what looks like a uh, very modest, though still imposing, step form pyramid. Like, uh, it's it's not slanty. It's more like, um, like a Mayan pyramid, you know, blocky. Yeah. And it's it's not the biggest pyramid you've ever seen, but it is the blackest one you've ever seen. It is made out of... Pure shining obsidian. There seem to be multiple um, work lights set up around the area, and the the light almost seems to vanish into the stone uh, when it's cast upon it. There's campfires. There's torches. It's it's uh, everything seems sort of dig like, except for the fact that, um, well, I mean, the the pyramid looks like it's in really good shape. Like there hasn't really been a lot of need for excavation on the exterior portion of this site uh as the car comes to a complete stop you're going to roll three uh i, I still can have it. dice of industry yeah i don't know just roll roll the force dice mm-hmm. oh four steam points whoop whoop oh, it's gonna be one of these days okay <laughs> Absolutely. fate seems to be on your side yeah. as you step out of the car Marissa behind you. Um, there are three people. No, there's two people waiting for you. Uh, neither of which are Peter. The first is a uh, man in his 30s wearing a kind of standard, I guess. Okay, so, you know, way back in the day before Abercrombie and Fitch was a, you know, a uh, thing. Well, yeah, before it was a clothing company <laughs> where it just featured shirtless dudes, um, it used to be a uh, outfitting company, like where you'd buy your pith helmets and stuff like that. Um, and so it looks like this guy basically went to his local outfitting company and ordered one adventurer, please. <laughs> um, so he's got, you know, brown pants, suspend- leather suspenders, a, a you know, comfortable but functional coat, white shirt. Uh, to your eye, you can see he's never worn them before. Mm. Like they're very, they're they're new. So he's it's not like he's had these for years and he's a, a seasoned adventurer excavator. He these are new. Yeah, there's still something sort of steely-eyed about him. He's got dark hair, kind of beady eyes, uh, and uh, is watching you warily. The other is an older gentleman, closer to your age, in his sixties. Um, kind of big, big old, uh, like big framed, but also with a prominent gut. He's got a bushy mustache, a monocle. He's wearing a military uniform of the Bartonian military, 
uh, with all of his medals across his chest. And he's the one that takes a step forward. Ah, the famed Enoch Rune. Delighted to make your acquaintance, though I fear you have me to disadvantage. Your names, please, sirs? Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm Colonel uh, Balafant Armitage, retired. Uh, This here was my associate, uh, Roger Davies. Roger gives a nod. We're quite glad you were able to make uh, make your way out here in such quick time. After all, the rabble and the rebels don't seem to care which way their um, artillery shells land. Mm, I had noticed that. No, I would not otherwise have left the comfort of my bookshop, but alas, Peter was most insistent, and I still owe him and his father's memory some small regard. This is my assistant, Marissa. She is here to assist me in my work, Marissa. How do you do? How do you do? A, a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Colonel. Mr. Davies. All the pleasantries and curtsying and bowing and handshaking happens. Absolutely fascinating, says Rune, kind of looking over the, the shoulders of um, of the Colonel and Mr. Davies once pleasant, well, once the looking over the shoulders of the two men once pleasantries have been exchanged. That much obsidian to be found in one place is really quite remarkable. Normally you get it in much smaller measures, and not in this area. It would suggest that it has either been imported or some form of artifice has been created has been employed to create it in such vast numbers. Basalt, I could understand if one was to make a, an ominous and imposing pyramid. But more usually round here, you see, it's sandstone, perhaps with a granite top. Obsidian, though. Remarkable. She'll have to check my notes to see if I can recall anything whispered in the legends. How did this come to be uncovered? I don't recall reading this in the Gazetteer. Uh, the two men kind of exchange a glance and say, um, Well, as you... No, my role here, um, Professor, is it Professor or Dr. Rune, Mr. Rune, what is your preference? Mr. Rune is fine, retired from all, you see, I hold no great hairs. Kind of eyes you, like, what, are you making fun of me because I still go by Colonel? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, Enoch says, I mean no discourtesy, of course, military rank is one earned. My titles were less so, shall we say? Mm. Well, Mr. Rune, uh, my role here on the site is really that of uh, security, and um, mm. my I have contacts, of course. Um, as you know, the United Republic of Kyrios is a great friend to the Empire of Bartona. Uh, parentheses, the puppet government. Mm. Um, and I have very many friends within the military, so I am uh, quickly appraised of their movements. I don't have much information about this actual place, which is why you were brought in. Um, I do believe the uh, gentleman over there, he points towards a, a small crew of people waiting nearby, might have more information, although good luck speaking to him with it for any extended period of time without getting a headache. Oh, I'm well used to those sort of people. Indeed, some may say I'm one of those sort of people myself. I'm sure we'll get along famously. Where's young Peter? Ah, yes. Well, situations have changed rather quickly, as you can imagine, in a war zone. Um, he was called away to another site to expedite the extraction of materials from that area. Uh, I, and uh, I do have to be insistent that we we complete this work today here. Um, in fact, tonight, uh, we believe the enemy forces will be 
moving ground troops through here within the next day or so. Uh, but I assure you, you'll you'll find uh, your friend within the next day, probably tomorrow morning. We are hoping to have brunch on the river. Hmm. Very well. But if we're doing this expeditiously and you need me to work tonight, I will absolutely need at least two cups of tea, first of all. It has been a dusty journey and I require the fuel for my brain, you see. doesn't do to go in there still bearing the shawl of weariness. Marissa? Yes, of course. Of, of course. We might, we, we are, we're certainly not barbarians out here. Um, uh, Mr. Davies will attend to that. No need for yours, isn't it? get herself lost in the camp. Very good. While you wait but see, I do have other matters to attend to. You may wish to meet the rest of your team. Of course, Colonel. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Mr. Davies, pray lead on. Marissa, since we're going to be working somewhat rapidly, I don't think we need uh, all of our cases. Just make sure you have your work satchel. And if you could pass me mine out as well, uh, that'd be wonderful. Thank you, my dear. So, things move... The colonel walks off. Marissa grabs what she is asked to grab. Mr. Davies walks you over to the rest of the team before he rushes off to go get the tea that was requested. The person that you are standing in front of is um, also in his, I'd say his late 30s. He's about six foot four with broad shoulders and lots of muscle. He's wearing a duster. Uh, two bandoliers full of ammunition, uh, has a rifle, two pistols, and a cowboy hat. He turns around and looks at you and goes, Put it there, partner. I'm Jack Tarnation. Mr. Tarnation, a pleasure. Enoch Moon. And Enoch holds Yeah, the dusty old professor they said they were going to bring out here to help us read the wall. Yes, dusty. Well, that is, of course, because I've not yet had my tea. A swift cup, I'm sure you'll find the dust sluices away famously. A wall, you say? <laughs> I'm never, never going to get over your Bartonans and your obsession with tea. It's, Especially it's, when we live in a world where coffee exists. <sighs> coffee. Anybody can drink coffee, my dear boy. There is more to tea than merely the liquid. It is a state of mind, a ceremony. It is a mark of culture. The art of and brewing and drinking. He slaps you <coughs> hard on the back. <laughs> I like, I like you, Professor. Uh, let me introduce you to the rest of my crew here, real quick. Um, you see, there are um, five other people. There are two, uh, two women, three men. That's Billy, Chili, Jilly, Nilly, and Rosehammer. Well, I'm sure I'll remember all of those names. Thank you. Pleasure <laughs> to meet you all. Uh, roll a perception for me. Two purple. Purple and my perceptions. A yellow and a green. Roll. Oh, wait. Why is. Ah. <laughs> you forgot to turn off the force dice, which is what Matt does every time, so that's yeah. fine. So it's, it's a I success and an advantage. Yeah, just success <laughs> and an advantage. All right. Okay, so obviously these guys are, are from the United States of Kansaria, um, or the USK. Um, you know, you know the type. They're 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 treasure hunters through and through. They're looking for gold. They don't care what they smash along the way. If it's not shiny, they don't care about the the historical significance of anything. Uh, and you can see that these these this group is 
definitely rough around the edges. Mm. Your advantage here it will be that Rose Hammer um, does have a very large sledgehammer engraved with Rose pattern scrolling on the side. Mm. And the names were Billy, Chili, Millie, Jilly, Jilly, and Rose Hammer. Yeah. Making notes, you see. Pleasure to meet you all. Master Rose Hammer, if I could ask you, as I'm sure you will, just to take a little extra care during the course of any excavations, this pyramid being made of obsidian means that it will tend to perhaps the more fragile than some of the other places you may have been to in the past. And one wrong swing of that truly fascinating device you're carrying there may well cause difficulties for all of us in there. Rose Hammer looks at Jack with a very confused look. He means don't hit nothing until I say so. Uh, all right. Quite. Sorry for them. They, they ain't as educated as you and me, you see. Understandable. And um, no aspersions cast. I should try to moderate my language. Hey, no problem. All right, now listen here. Um, I'm guessing... Uh, uh, creepy Roger there ain't tell, told you nothing about what's going on here, so uh, uh, let me give you the rundown. Basically, uh, compared to like the last three excavations we did, uh, there this one seems easy, and uh, I don't trust easy. You know mm. what I mean? No uh, traps. Absolutely. No, no. My, my dear boy, we have both been in a similar line of work, albeit my experience is somewhat more rusty than yours. But if there is one thing I am assured of, as you say, easy is never easy. Yeah, so anyway, there seems to be a bunch of writing on the walls that nobody around here can read. So we're hoping that you can read it and we can figure out what is actually going on. Seems sensible. Um, just let me have my cup of tea first of all. I'm sorry to insist upon it, but I assure you, you will find me much sharper once the gears of thought are lubricated. As if on cue, uh, Roger Davies returns with the uh, with a tray of tea, and uh, there's several, I guess, servants um, rushing by. They actually set up a table and some chairs for you and Marissa. Um, there's a lantern so you can see what you're doing. Jack Tarnation goes back to his team, um, just kind of waiting around for you to be ready. Thank you, You Mr. can see Mar uh, Marissa's kind of preparing the tea for you exactly the way you like it, but you can see her hands are shaking. Enoch kind of sidles over to Marissa uh, and leans in. Now, I appreciate that they are somewhat rougher individuals than we tend to make our acquaintances with, but all will be well, my dear. I know that, I know. Th that the life you are choosing is more that of a scholar, but without being out here in the field, you don't always get the true feel of what you're reading, you know. Sometimes you have to get your hands into the bones of things to truly appreciate what's written about. I, I, I appreciate that, Mr. Rune. It just makes me very nervous that we haven't seen Peter yet. I'm, mm. In fact, all, we've, all the only communication we've gotten from him so far is through a letter. Are we even sure they're telling us the truth? I am never sure that anybody is telling me the truth, my dear, especially in circumstances such as this. However, I fear we are in something of an awkward situation. If they are indeed lying and something has befallen Peter, and we refuse to do any work here, then whatever fate may have 
happened upon him will surely happen upon us. However, if I go along with them in the interim, then, well, you and your safety is my current concern, and I will have to worry about Peter upon the dawn. He's a, he's a foolish boy, my dear. You look to yourself, follow my words, follow my uh, suggestions, and take care. And if you can keep a sharp eye on our colleagues for me, I'd be very grateful. You are a better read of people than I. She looks immensely more comforted by your words, steadies herself with a good cup of tea, and uh, you have your second cup of tea. You're ready to go. Right. Um, you can you can have one blue. Woo-hoo. You can have one blue on 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 task, uh, just in your pocket, mm. and just just call it the tea blue. The tea blue. Marvelous, marvelous, yeah. marvelous. There you go. Um, Enoch stretches himself up, kind of rolls his shoulders back a little bit, then leans forward upon his polished ivory and ebony cane, and walks over. Well, limps over, and then limps over to where Jack Tarnation and the others are. Gentlemen, my thanks for your forbearance. If you could lead me to this wall, first of all, let's see what messages have been left for us from those before. All right, so you all move in. Roger Davies, Jack Tarnation, the Tarnation team, you and Marissa, enter into the entrance of the pyramid. The walkway slopes downward, deeper into the the underground sections. Um... Is it a ramp or is it stairs? It is a ramp. And um, it is, what's actually surprisingly clean in here is the first thing that you notice. Um, As if this room is active, like people come in here regularly. There are several torches in sconces in the wall, not installed by the team, but that are just here. And they look like they're well maintained. The first thing that you will notice is that there is, um, well, writing on two walls, actually. there's the, So in this first room, there's a, a door, a doorway opposite of where you're entering. There's some writing above that door, but more prominently to your left, there's a big wall with really big writing on it. Um, and then in the center of this room, there's a small black statue of a jackal. The jackal statue is curled up, like cozy on the ground, like a cute dog taking a nap. All right, well, see what I mean? Too easy. We could just keep walking, but I don't trust it with all this writing on the wall. No, and that statue is entirely too at ease. Most guardian effigies such as that tend to be foreboding. Also, this place looks altogether too clean. How long has you and your team been on site for? Uh, we've been here for about a week, but uh, well, uh, what they told me is that uh, they had to clear people out of here. Ah, that might well do it. Hmm. I don't suppose any, any of those people, the, the former inhabitants, might be amenable to asking questions, or have they been driven off into the sand? Uh, I, I ain't seen none of them around here. Uh, I don't know who they were to begin with. They didn't put up a fight or nothing. They just were here. And then I don't think they were living here. I think they were doing stuff. I don't know, praying or something. It's kind of, this is a temple. This is like a temple. 
Yeah, something along those lines. It has all the hallmarks of being a religious site of some form. Hmm. I did realise the old faiths were still practised to this extent. Uh, very well. Um, let us see what the writing on the wall has to tell us. Are there... Chris, is there, like, photography um, technology? I can't quite recall. Uh, sure. Let's go with it. Cool. Uh, Marissa, if you could take out the pictographs and take a few... Uh, snapshots of the writing just in case always handy to have with us in case we require it further in now hmm. all right um he goes what over, do we rule yeah i think i go over to the the bigger wall first of all and i uh-huh. reach into a leather satchel that's hanging off my shoulders and i pull out a notebook and a um a mechanical pencil and i start taking a quick sketch of the is it hieroglyphs or is it cuneiform style or uh, yeah, this would be hieroglyphs. Yeah, taking a quick sketch of the hieroglyphs first of all, um, to then start working on a translation. All right, a roll, knowledge, one purple. Ooh, failure, but five advantage. Oh, don't forget to say what your dice pull was. Oh, didn't I? Sorry. Uh, so that's three yellow against one purple. Huh. Failure, but five advantage. Okay, so your five advantages here is are, is that you start going on what you normally do with Kyresian hieroglyphs, and it doesn't doesn't come out right, right? You're like, huh? And then you realize this is ancient High Kyresian, like it's it's a very very formal form of it, more formal than any like it, it's not used very often. I mean, obviously Kyresian was like. High Kyresian is used in, you know, the tombs of kings and stuff like that. But this is even more deferential. So yeah. you, you you can roll it again. Give yourself uh, three blues. I will. Well, how I'll say that works with those blues is having kind of stared at this for a moment and realized that it's this even more archaic version. Uh, Marissa, my dear, would do me a favor. Back on the carriage in the green trunk there is a series of five books it's the fourth book along writings from the tombs of the kings by h augustus formby you couldn't just uh, fetch that for me please this is very unusual to find here uh, yes mr Boot. and she rushes off you glance at everyone else roger davies is very patient the tarnation crew looks really bored <laughs> She brings the book back. Do not fret, Mr. Tarnation, Enoch says as he starts flicking through the book. I am certain you'll have your chance to flex your team's specialities soon enough. I fear I need to flex mine first, however. So my new pool then is three yellows and um, three blues versus one purple. I don't know if, um, if you want to put in a setback there or upgrade that even without a steam flip to make to represent the fact that I failed the first roll so I have to really put my thought into it no I I, I have mentally marked a, a negative consequence so don't worry about it Uh-oh. ah those hidden clocks gotta love them uh, that's more like it that is one success one triumph and three advantage <laughs> <laughs> could I say maybe that um H. Augustus Formby has encountered not just this script before, but perhaps a very similar inscription, thus saving me some of the time in having to translate. Ah, very good. Okay. Ah. So here's here is the translation. Get 
my notes up. Behold the final resting place of Jaharl, Lord of the Dead. Welcome to those who have come to pay respects and tribute. Your Lord's final command is to live in peace with others and die. Now, with your advantages, I will give you um, some additional context, and I'm going to put it in your chat so you can kind of reference it. But there's some um, linguistical subtleties in some of the the word choices here. So behold the final resting place. It's resting, the word for resting here is actually napping, like a brief rest. Um, and then your Lord's final command. And final in this case is not like last. It, it means like continuous standing order. And then um, the word for die here is not like, it's like a peaceful, like pleasant thought of death. It's like to die without regret, mm. like to live well and have died without regret. Curiouser and curiouser. And there's no suggestion of, or there's not the usual dire imprecations that you tend to get in these form of tombs of don't go any further or else 10,000 curses will be laid upon you and seven generations hence and every time you go to the toilet you will poop out a man's thumb and no one knows whose <laughs> thumb it may be but it's there it's happened and you have to deal with the fact that you're a thumb pooper now for for the rest of the turning that, that sort of well not on this wall though <laughs> <laughs> there's one more wall <laughs> hmm. well this is remarkably benedictful Curious, though. This is the first time I've ever seen this form of, of rest used in this context when relating to a deity. Normally, it, well, outside of certain forbidden tomes relating to some of the more um, ill-favoured um, uh, deities of the past, the sort of that never you know, lie sleeping for even death may die in times, but I'm pretty sure that's not exactly what they mean here. Hmm. To the other wall, then, I think, my dear. Come, come. And he kind of leans heavily on his cane as he limps over to the other wall, beckoning uh, beckoning Chili and Jilly to bring some of the torches over so we can get a better look at the hieroglyphs there. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I will also... Well, for your triumph, I'm not even going to make you roll this because now, now you're in your groove, right? Yeah, yeah. I will also give you some additional details here. Is that this stone is relatively freshly chiseled. Like... You can tell that it has been, in comparison especially to the stone around it, like someone updates this. It keeps mm. it fresh. So like, you know, as it as it wears down over time, someone else comes by, chisels a new one, and they yeah. replace the stone. So it's very clear, very easy to read. And so uh, the second door, what the, the second set of writing over the door reads, Lo, to those who venture deeper into my lair, remember my teachings. The flow to the ocean of souls is undivertible. What has been lost cannot be returned. Embrace and accept. So, uh, this, so the translation, very simple. To understand what the heck it's talking about, I do need another knowledge check. Mm -hmm. And this will be uh, a purple and a black. Well, I have knack for it, so I will remove that setback. Beautiful. So, three yellows versus one purple. Success and advantage. All right. So what what they're talking about in this is uh, that, you know, in the ancient teachings of uh, Jahar, Lord of the Dead, that there is a allegory about the flow of life called the, the story of the soul water. And that basically that birth was like when the heavens reigned 
and that the flow of that water through the river was life, adversity, going through the twists and turns and over rocks, and then eventually to the final place of the ocean, which was often referred to as the ocean of souls, where your experiences would be intermixed with everybody else's and then returned back into life again. Um, but of course, the once the water is mixed with all the other water, you can't exactly get the same exact water. And so the teaching is that one, that life returned to the ocean cannot be brought back exactly the same. So the implication here is like, you know, if you've come here to worship Jaharl, cool, thanks. Like, we're happy you're here. Have a good life. But if you walk over to the door and you read it, it's like, um, if you're going to keep going, please remember, like, if your intention here is to try to bring someone back to life, you can't. Don't do it. Go, go away. Yeah, there's no book of, book of the dead here to restore life to the fall, and it's what's done is done. Right. The gatekeeper guards his charges jealously, almost. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Hmm. So uh, how, how many monsters are we going to have to fight? There's a curious thing. Again, though there is a warning contained in these hieroglyphs here, again, it is not your usual beware, beware. What it is saying is that those who enter here attempting to turn back the clock and restore life to the dead, of course, we know that such a thing is frankly impossible, ludicrous to suggest, goes against all natural laws. But back in the day, of course, that would be a, a regular belief. That is simply saying that that is not what will happen here. And if that is why you have come, then you will be sorely disappointed. Which again mm. worries me because it's altogether too easy. We shall proceed with caution. Yeah, okay, that's that kind of matches with the next room. We have gone to the next room. Ah, oh, very good, very good. Well then, lead the way, please. Alright, so uh, you guys descend further on. Um yeah, I think with it all being slopes and ramps, Enoch's kind of almost crab walking down, and the clockwork brace on his left knees is making like audible, you know, crunching noises as he limps down, trying to compensate for the slope. And his his cane clacking against the rock. Uh, must be a hell of a story about why uh, what happened to your arm there, huh? Hmm. Yes, I fear not one for. Sorry, let me rethink that. Yes, not a, a pleasant tale, I'm afraid. Not one I'm particularly fond of repeating. Certainly not in surroundings like this, he says, as he kind of looks around the, the roof and the walls. Ah, hey, I get it. We'll, we'll get drunk later, and then you can tell me about it. Yes, yes, let's hope so. <laughs> All right, so you descend into the next, uh, the next chamber. This one has been set up by the team to have light, so there doesn't seem to be active... Um, torches. Yeah, I mean, they they just did throw torches into the sconces, but it doesn't seem as well, quite as well kept as the first chamber. But it's still not too bad. There's another little jackal statue, and this one is still very cute. It's like um, it's like a dog, that that it's almost identical to the one up in the first chamber where it was sleeping. But this one is like it's got one eye open and one ear has sort of lifted up, like it's it's sleeping, but I heard something outside, but maybe it's just a squirrel. Like, I don't have to bark at it yet. Um, and then there is there is one more, another set of writing on the wall to the left. Very good, Marissa. Come along. Now, you have read enough of my books by now, so come on. 
We have uh, H. Augustus Formby's tome of assisting your translation. Let's put those studies of yours to the test. Now, you see here these first set of symbols repeat. What do you think this wall is trying to tell us? And as she's um, puzzling it out, he looks over his shoulder towards Jack and kind of drops away and goes, always opportunities to learn, my dear boy. Always opportunities to learn. I think maybe to your surprise, uh, Jack Tarnation is actually sort of paying attention. Um, the rest of his crew, definitely not. But he is a little bit interested in what's going on. Uh, Marissa is going to take a crack at translation. So we're going to do this. Uh, her knowledge check is... Um, strangely higher than yours um <laughs> it's three yellow and a green that's weird i don't know how that happened well i was using that uh template maker so yeah. i just sort of click stuff without really reviewing it so it's three knowledge and a green uh, three yellow and a green i guess probably because she's currently studying right mm. she's actively attending university her, yeah. her you know just she's got a little bit going on um but her her difficulty rating is going to be higher it's going to be uh, two purple and a black, because uh, uh, Kyrezian is not her, not her, her game. Hey, she did pretty well. Four successes and an advantage. Hmm. So using your instructions, she, she and your book, she does uh, uh, translate it. And here is the translation. To my loyal servitors, one eye is open, one ear still hears. Judge not by your eyes and ears if it is the day or the hour. Live in peace with others and die. And again, it's the same word for die without regret. Yeah. Hmm. This is all very peculiar. <clears throat> it has more of a feel to me of a, of a temple rather than a tomb. But this Jahal. Have I, have I heard of Jahal in my studies in, Kyrese, in ancient Kyrezian? Or is he a new uh, deity? Oh, yeah. Me? No, you know that one for sure. It's one of the 13 deities of the past of ancient Kyrezian is the Lord of the Dead. Yeah. Is he normally presented as being this, um, hmm, benevolent, I suppose? Hmm, knowledge check. Um, this would be pretty obscure, I think. So that's going to be three purple. So again, three yellow versus three purple. These are, are popping up in this dice roller in really... Oh, no. It's very asynchronous. I can't... No, I know. You said hopefully this dice roller is better. It's not. It's just the one I use. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's all wobbly, just refresh and then it'll it'll rearrange yeah, it for you. No, I think I found it because um, it's doubled up. Uh, three successes. Yeah, okay. Um, no, this is not... So one thing you do know about Jaharl is that in the, the typical mythology, he doesn't pop up a whole lot. There aren't a lot of like Zeusian like tales about his adventures or whatever. He he's mentioned. He guards the dead. There's like one story about him like being consulted by one of the other gods, but he's a very minor character. So there's really not a lot of information about him. He's just dead guy. Yeah. There are there are teachings about death that are attributed to the priests of Jaharl. It's like the whole thing about the soul river or whatever. And so that's where most of of the ancient understanding of their perception of the, of life and the afterlife and morality comes from, but about Jahal himself, not a whole lot. Hmm. And usually benevolent aspect for Jahal. Though then again, he's not really mentioned too much in the old scriptures. I think that his existence was taken as read, without any need to further elaborate, as you may get for some of the more 
obscure deities or those whose portfolios are perhaps a little more ambiguous. He simply guarded the gateway, watched over the rivers. Most peculiar, though, Marissa, is that for a, uh, a faith in which the water cycle was so closely bound up with their belief in life and death, he was not the god of the weather. Make of that what you will. Anyway, let us proceed further onwards. <laughs> she, her, her nerves seem to have completely gone now because now she's just engrossed in, in, the, in the work and she's mm. taking like furious notes about all of this stuff. If it's never been indicated, is this perhaps new information about, about the deity? I do believe so. Hmm. My dear, the time for me to publish my theses on these sort of things has long since passed. However, if you wish to perhaps prepare a monograph on this, I'm sure there are still a few old dusty scholars, even dustier than I, who owe me a favour. I'd be more than happy to get it peer-reviewed. Might be the making of you, my dear. Time for you to step out from underneath my shadows and take your place as a scholar in your own right. You are long overdue such accreditations. Mayhap this will give you the confidence that you need. She looks very um, excited and nervous at that prospect and writes even more notes down. Good, good. Anyway, onwards. Um, Mr. Tarnation, the doorway from here. Have you or your, com your colleagues passed through it prior? Or will we be taking the first step into uncharted territory? Nah, at this point is when we were decided we needed some expert to read what was going on on the walls. And then the next area, well, apparently there were people in the first two chambers when they came to clear them out, but no one was down there. Well, these first two chambers are by far the more welcoming sections we have encountered so far. Let us hope that it continues with such bonhomie as we venture deeper. Yeah, there ain't no light down there, so do you want us to go first, or you want to go first? I would uh, appreciate if perhaps you could light my path for me. I'm not suggesting striding uh, far ahead, but just far enough that I can see where to put my feet. As you can see, my gait is not as stable as once it was. You got it. Let's go! Uh, Tarnation unslings his rifle. <laughs> and then uh, his team takes um, lanterns and torches and they, they move ahead in front. Um, when you're waiting behind, making sure like the footing's st steady, that kind of stuff. Can you roll something for me? It's going to be... Coordination? Athletics? No, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be two green against a red, a purple, and a black. Hmm. I this think is for I'm, the Tarnation crew. Yeah, I think I'm going to flip a steam point, given that I've got four of them. All right. Uh, to upgrade one of those greens to a yellow. Let's give them a fighting chance. Uh, that is a success, but three threat. Okay, so as they enter the next chamber, you hear, ah! and then slap. Calm down, idiot. It's just a statue. So it was It was a fear check. <laughs> cool, cool. So one of, one of the Tarnation crew freaks out for a second. Jack slaps him back into the place. And then uh, you can see that they, they start lighting torches and filling the area with light. Um, one of the crew, a rose hammer, goes back and clears out any debris on the ramp. And uh, they welcome you down. Thank you. Thank you. I, I say, my friends, there's no need to be quite so jumpy. 
Well, and then as you enter, you kind of understand why. This has a new statue. It is much, much larger than the cute jackal. Um, it's about uh, 11 feet tall-ish. Uh, it is a terrifying, terrifying statue of a jackal. It's uh, bared fangs. It's poised toward the door like it's about to pounce on you. Um, and like its jaws are big enough that it could like bite you in half if it wanted to. This stone also seems to be like absorbing all the light. And so you could see how if you were walking in, you weren't really ready for it. You could see this massive monster kind of leering out at you as you enter in with light. So the, the tone here is obviously very different. This chamber is darker. It's dustier. Uh, the There is, of course, uh, another wall of text. This one doesn't seem to be as most recently updated like the other two. Not really surprising, though, if this is... It is as far, you know, not really surprising though if the um, inhabitants haven't been in this deep. Oddly, in the face of this snarling guardian statue, Rune seems to relax a little bit. And he turns to Marissa and to uh, Jack Tarnation and goes, Now there we are. Altogether a more comforting sight and quite what I expected. The benevolence of the previous two rooms is quite out of character for these sort of structures. Whereas this snarling guardian effigy, far more like what I expected to encounter. I think we're on the right track now. Although I, I am afraid to say I am surprised, Mr. Tarnation, at how jumpy your colleagues are. I appreciate that what we're doing here is um, breaking new ground, as it were. But um, a little steel in their spines, mayhap. I agree. And he kind of eyes over toward Billy, who's rubbing his jaw still. <laughs> Right. Marissa, what do we think these may say? And I think that once again, um, once again, Enoch's going to stand with Marissa and and allow her to make the translation uh, while he watches on and, and corrects and assists. Okie dokie. Um, Can I offer so her a boost gonna... die for my assistance? Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be three yellow, a green, a blue two purple and it's gonna be two black because the statue is making her kind of nervous yeah uh three success and advantage she's doing really well mm. your protege is holding under pressure and so she's very excitedly translating and she's like oh i can see what you mean this is much more aggressive than the last two um than the last two messages to the prideful the foolish and the servants of my enemies all things end in their proper time the stars in the sky burn out, but cannot be snuffed. A fallen tree cannot be replanted. Ye who would try to cut short or lengthen, beware. The strength of the Lord of Death shall be pressed upon you. Turn back and die. Again, without regrets. Hmm. Now, one has to raise the question, and once again, very well done, Marissa. One has to raise the question. We are not here in an attempt to turn back the clock to uncut the tree we are here merely to salvage and save these relics before they are destroyed by the Nolas do we think that threat is aimed at us or do we think that maybe there's um, some further assessment of personality waiting as we descend even further Marissa you've read my monograph on the, uh, the tomb of Salazar the 14th where similar iconography was used. What do you think? Well, it, it does seem to indicate that not only unbringing back the life, but also perhaps causing death itself. Um, 
I don't know why whoever built this temple would believe that something in here had that capacity. Perhaps the artifact at the end has some significance in the worship of Jahal. Perhaps um, like a ceremonial knife or something that they believe could control the, the living and the dead. Very good. And indeed, I think it might well be a knife. After all, a knife is used to sever ties. Um, it is uh, uh, both a tool and a weapon and has a great deal of symbology within the older Kyresian faiths, especially if it be made of bronze. Very good. We must well, I don't know nothing about no knife. We're supposed to get a jar. A jar? You can see at that, at that um, Simon Davies kind of takes a step forward and eyes Jack Tarnation as in like, what are you, why are you saying this out loud? Jack give, looks at him back like incredulously, gives him a shrug like, like, like he's not going to see what we're here for. Like we're here for a jar. Yes, M Mr. Davies, I can see that you're a little concerned about the facts of what we seek being let loose by Mr. Tarnation here. Um, just to reassure you, first of all, that we are the very souls of discretion, and secondly, we are here to liberate artifacts before they are destroyed so they may be preserved. It helps to know which artifacts we're here to liberate, no? I suppose. I was just worried that uh, talking about the jar would influence your translations, that's all. I want to make sure you do your job properly. Enoch's eyes narrow at that. If you have cause to doubt the accuracy of my work, or to suspect that maybe there may be bias Jack, in my translations, then Jack I am... Tarnation grabs you by the shoulder, <laughs> pulls you away, and goes, Now listen, that guy's a jackass, so just ignore him. I try not to let him talk. You notice he's kind of quiet. Mm. Yeah, I, we we already had some words, so just just ignore him. He He's... He's uh, he's looking over our shoulder to make sure we don't run off of anything without that we're not supposed to, but in general, he's pretty much useless. Don't let him get to you. Is he the money man? No, he's paid by the money man to keep an eye on us. Even I think he works for... I think he works for Arrow Archer. What interest would Archer Arrow have in preserving antiquities? That's not what I'm... That's not something that's particularly affiliated with that man. Then again, I... I am somewhat out of touch with the present day. Maybe his philanthropy has taken a different step. Nevertheless, thank you, Mr. Tarnation. I will try to rein myself in in the future. <clears throat> Marissa, shall we progress further? And uh, I... Oh. oh, sorry. Okay, so the Tarnation kind of makes a motion with his head. Mm. Everybody, his team moves forward. He, he grabs Billy by the shoulder and like, no screaming this time, all right? And uh, they they proceed down and clear to the last chamber, just like, you know, uh, <laughs> before. They This one's very, very dusty, although not really so much debris. Um, and then they set up the lighting, and then they invite you down. No statue this time. Hmm. Lacks an um, effigy, most peculiar. No statue. There is an altar with the jar. Um, sitting right there. It's a very small jar with a jackal head. This, what really throws you off is the writing on the wall behind here. It is in completely different Kyresian. Completely. So, um, roll knowledge against a red, no, not a red. It's a two purple, two black. 
Okay, I remove those setback for knack for it. Absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's three yellow versus two purple. Two success. Okay, so... <laughs> this glad, is... I'm glad you found it, because I'm not sure... Wow, it's right down there at the bottom. Peculiar. Anyway, yes. So yeah, if you hit refresh, it'll it'll re it'll reorder it for you. Um, so this is the this is low Kyrian. Like, if before it was hieroglyphs, this mm. is like cuneiform. It's low Kyrian. It was almost never written down because it was like what was the, the commoners used. Yeah. Um, and it was very hard to find documents for it because it was written on. If it was written at all, it was written on like papyrus paper, which didn't last long, not chiseled into the side of, of temples or whatever. So this is very common. In fact, it's so common, it's almost slang-like. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, it's it's just jarring to you to see it put onto the wall of something so important. Now, Marissa, as you can see, this is in low Kyrian, the commonest tongue of the day as it were and as you know records written in this tongue are somewhat hard to find they have not survived the passage of time because they were not deemed important enough to preserve and yet here we have it an imprecation written in low Kyrian. before we begin to translate speculations um perhaps those formal uh, a final warning to any commoner who couldn't read the formal text above very good, very good. That is indeed what I suspect we'll find as we set to translating this obscure tongue. And I think for the reasons you suggest as well. Very good. Now, let us put our minds to it. Uh, Mr. Tarnation, uh, Mr. Chili, if you wouldn't mind casting further light upon this particular part of the wall for me, please. Here's the translation. Mm -hmm. Seriously, what do I have to do to get you to change your mind about this? Don't touch the jar. Just leave it there. I want it to be there. If I need to get out of the jar, I'll get out of the jar. Open this jar, and I swear you'll regret it. Turn back and die. Um, interestingly, the word for die here is different than the previous ones. This <laughs> one means die as quickly as possible and be forgotten to time. Yeah. Hmm. Well, gentlemen, I think we have found what we've come for, but I wouldn't advise opening the jar. And whichever museum this ends up in... I uh, would stress, and at this point Enoch looks over at um, Roger Davies, that you inform your employers that it is probably best remain sealed. After all, the Kyrians were fond of putting unpleasant surprises in things like this. Surprises which, by their nature, survive the passage of time better than most things. The fact is accompanied by a warning written in the common tongue as was, suggests that it will be most ill-advised should anyone pry. That said, we are here to salvage, and I suspect that those coming in the morning will be less inclined to heed the warnings should they even be able to read them. Now, this is the final room, Mr. Tarnation, so it appears. Can you and your colleagues find any other method of egress, any other hidden chambers, perhaps, while I investigate this altar? Um, sure, but, uh, What's what's the difference between this jar and the other jars? Uh, other jars, Mister Tarnation? Well, yeah, uh, this is the this is the fourth jar we've gotten. Is there something different about this one than the other ones? Uh, the four, fourth jar, you say? From here? I don't believe there's any need to discuss the previous missions, Mister Tarnation. Says Roger Davies. 
Well, yeah, the other ones were booby-trapped, or guarded by frantic cultists, uh, crazy monsters. This one's just sitting here. I don't trust it. No. I'm now even less inclined to trust it myself. Thank you, Mr. Tarnation. Your concern for our well-being is noted. Um, Mr. Davies, other jars? And he not kind of raises his eyebrows over his glasses in that schoolmaster way. Uh, he is very tight-lipped, but Tarnation cuts in. Well, yeah, uh, let's see. There was a, there was a monkey, uh, a crane, an alligator. Are these all parallels with other Kyrgyzian deities? He shrugs. I don't know. Uh, they look the same as this one. They just got different. Uh, sorry, sorry. That was that was aimed at you, Chris. Sorry, that was. Sorry. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. These are these are definitely the other ones. The other Kyrgyzian deities. Hmm. So that's f- so. This will make four. There were thirteen great deities of ancient Kyrgyzia. So that suggests that there are eight more to go. Uh, Mister Davies, my good friend Peter. Where exactly is he at this moment in time? I'm sorry, I don't really know that information. That's something you'll have to take up with the colonel. Mm-hmm. Merely concerned for his welfare, in case there are further traps in the other pyramids. Mr. Tarnation, the other pyramids that you acquired these jars from, were they of a similar build to this one? Or were they more traditional? Oh, no, no, no. They, they weren't all even in in, in the pyramid. Uh, let's see, the monkey one was in a library. Uh, the, the crocodile one was uh, in, in a boat. We had to follow this guy in a boat. Uh, let's see, what was the other one I said? Uh, crane? Uh, well, that, that one I'm not really at liberty to say since we kind of took it from a museum that already had it. Ah. So this is not so much a, a mission of salvage. Roll me a vigilance quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be. Oh boy, <laughs> it's gonna be against four red. <laughs> four red. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's one yellow and one green against four red. I'm not going to bother flipping a steam point for this one because I don't think it's going to make any difference. Placing bets and number of despairs? None. Yep. But two failures, <laughs> two threats. All right. Whoosh. Before you can even finish that sentence, Roger Davies is across the room in, like, in a blur, has the jar, puts it into his satchel, and is already like walking towards the exit. Mr. Davies. Mr. Tarnation, could you slow him down for me, please? It'd take me a little while uh, to get over to him. He's uh, the Millie and Jilly are already like moving into intercept when all of a sudden, boom, everything shakes. Um, yes, this is why uh, Enoch says over the rumbles, I was going to advise letting me look at the altar first. Booby traps, my dear boy. Boom, um, another huge shaking sound. Ah, are they shelling the place? What's going on? Uh, booby traps. Uh, Marissa, great haste. Exit the pyramid, please, my dear. I don't need you to see what might come next. Uh, Mr. Tarnation, Mr. Tarnation's colleagues, I suggest we follow Mr. Davis at great speed. Um, I might appreciate a little bit of assistance uh, as he starts limping up after Roger Davis as fast as he can, his knee brace clanking and whirring furiously. Boom. One more 
big, big shake. Everybody gets knocked to the ground, including Davies, who was like trying to knock back Tarnation's people. And then um, everything gets very, very quiet. Roger Davies gets up, and uh, Jack has his rifle pressed to the back of his head. Now, now, we're all on the same team here. No need to get so skittish. You'll note, Mr. Davis, that I was not passing judgment in our mission here. I would rather these artifacts survive even in the hands of private collectors than be destroyed by the Nolus. I have been in the business of antiquities retrieval myself in the past, after all. Your hastiness, however, may have cost us dearly. Now, bit more civility, if you please, and I'll take that jar for the moment for safekeeping. And he proffers out his left hand, which now that it's clearly visible in the flickering light from the torches, can be seen to be a a brass and uh, rubber contraption. A clicking, hissing prosthetic. Do as he says, nice and slow. He, Roger Davies slowly reaches into his satchel, pulls out the jar and hands it to you. Now, are we going to be civil, Mr. Davies? As much as one can be in a den of thieves. My, my dear boy, you're the one who's just stolen something. Not us. And Enoch leans back, puts the canopic jar into his own satchel and then proffers Roger his mechanical hand to help him back to his feet. He takes it. All right, let's get back to the top so I can give the colonel an earful about you. Yes. Uh, Let's make... um, Cautiously, though, Mr. Tarnation, as I say, um, as I surmise, there may have been booby traps triggered thanks to Mr. Davis's overly hasty actions. I wouldn't want any harm to befall any of us. Marissa, actually, might be best if you stay right by me, given that the booming has stopped and we're not entirely sure what may wait with us. Uh, Mr. Rosehammer, you seem the burly sort. Could you please keep an eye on my protege for me? Again, Rosehammer looks at Tarnation. Look at the girl, you idiot. (laughs) Yes. Look, smiles and and, and nods. Oh, right. I I could do that. Thank you, Mr. Rosehammer. Very much appreciated. Make sure there's a bonus in it for you. Uh, onwards and upwards then, fellows. Okay. Um, what's the order? How, how do you want them to go in? Um, I, mm, right. I think I want Millie taking point with a torch. Then I want Roger. Then I want Jack with his rifle out. Um, Billy and Chili kind of following um, in the centre of the pack, then me, then uh, Marissa, and then Mr Rosehammer at the back. I don't want Billy at the front because he's already proven to be very skittish, or they have already proven to be very skittish, and I mm-hmm. certainly don't want Roger uh, being able to make a break for it without uh, without Jack reciprocating. And I think there's, as we're kind of, I'm going to discuss the kind of the 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 cautious marching order with Jack Tarnation, giving him that look. Because we're both, you know, I may be a long time out of the dig, but we both know the way these things work. I sense a bit of a kindred soul in Jack, um, Mm -hmm. a survivor. So there's going to be a certain amount of eyebrow and and non-verbal communication about this. Right. If we come across anything that wasn't there on the way down... 
Let me investigate it first. Onwards. Okay. So you make that plan. You start marching back up. Ahead of you, you see Millie walks forward. Um, she has a pistol out at this point. I think all of Tarnation's crew is armed. Mm-hmm. And partly because they don't trust Roger. Partly because, I don't know, that's just, they're itchy to, to fight. <laughs> Even if it's just the temple rumbling, somehow they think they're going to shoot it to death. Um, she may, she walks up into the first chamber. You see her whirl, raise her gun, and then boom. A, a huge black form swipes her out of the doorway and you hear her firing frantically inside get get out of the way roger and then tarnation charges up with the rest of his crew toward the front roger actually doesn't run backwards but actually runs forward as well reaching into his coat and pulling out a gun I think e- Enoch kind of stays with Millie. Uh, so e- Enoch stays with Marissa at the back, and I think if uh, if Rosehammer's making to run forward, I'm going to put a, a hand on his shoulder and go, "Please, Mr. Rosehammer." No, actually, he 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 knows his job. He's told told to stay with the girl. He stays with the girl. Good, good. Yeah, I, I think in which case I'm going to put a like a, a a reassuring squeeze on his shoulder as if to say thank you, and then pat uh, Marissa's. Just step behind me a moment, my dear, um, and then straightening up as best I can Enoch takes the uh, the Enoch grabs the top of his cane twists it and draws forth uh, from the cane a rapier shining in kind of a blued Toledo steel that glimmers in the in the torchlight it may be far from my heyday but I was still once the fencing champion of Mox Party College sure my muscles will remember enough to keep us safe and, and from the, the chamber ahead of you here ah for crying out loud living statue hey everybody we're back but sort of um, if you're not a blog reader or a member of the Discord, uh, Matt got COVID in November, so he couldn't record and we ran out of episodes. Uh, he's fine now, and we will be returning to regular recording sometime in January. But in the meantime, we have some bonus episodes. Um, today, you may recognize the voice of Adam Beltane from the Force Majeure and Dungeon Majeure podcast both of which are actual play podcasts with Force Majeure being uh, Star Wars based. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please do so. Just search up Force Majeure podcast and you'll run into it all over the internet. Uh, Majeure is spelled M-A-J-E-U-R-E. It's French. Uh, Thanks, Adam, for helping us out. And we'll hear the conclusion of his adventure in part two of this episode. But in the meantime, you can get a hold of us at sillzero.com. Um, I'm putting bog, bog posts? blog posts up of what I'm up to these days. Uh, if you're interested in progress on podcasts and novels and stuff like that. Uh, we're still kind of on Twitter at ingdaydreams or sillzerochris and sillzeromatt. That's M-A-T-T. Or email us at sillzeropodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash silzero, S-I-L-Z-E-R-O, where $5 a month you get access to bonus content, and for $1 a month you get to hang out in the ultra-chill and super-amazing Discord server. Um, Hope you all have a good holiday and safe travels. Until next time, may all your dungeons be not booby-trapped.